Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness. Oscar Wilde. Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Sophie. And today's episode dives into a fairly controversial subject in the bookish universe, fan fiction. For those of you not familiar with fan fiction, also called fanfic, it's broadly defined as a work of fiction based on characters or settings originating in another work and created by fans of the original work rather than by its creator. Yeah, kind of a wordy description to say that it's someone writing about something that they didn't originally write about. Fans may keep some or all of the author's original characters and settings. They might alter them, set them in a new time, or they may even add new characters, even going so far as to insert themselves into the story. One of the more common types of fan fiction creates romantic relationships between characters that did not exist in the original work. There are also types that reimagine endings in ways that are more agreeable to the fan base. So we're going to take a look at this phenomenon that's not as recent as you might think, and we're going to discuss various aspects of it, including how widespread it is. And we're also going to look at whether fan fiction even belongs in the conversation about literature at all. Stay tuned. While fan fiction has probably always existed in one form or another, it exploded with the advent of the Star Trek fandom in the 1960s and in the internet age has become even more prevalent in the area of television and film especially like Star Trek, Star Wars, the Marvel Universe, etc. So how widespread is it today? The answer might surprise you. Sophie, you've got a few statistics for us on just a piece of the fan fiction universe. Yeah, like Archive of Our Own is a website dedicated to writing fanfic, and it has 4,884,030 fanfics on it total. Fan, by fanfics, you mean individual stories? Yes, they're individual works. And some of the works include works from Marvel, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings. Marvel has 288,507 works on it total, and it only makes up a little less than 6% of the website as a whole. Wow, just 6%? 6%. Okay. Lord of the Rings has 24,153 works, and that is less than 1% of the website. And Star Trek has 61,632 fanfics under it, and that is a little over 1% of the website. Harry Potter has 213,765 works under it, and that makes up just a little over 4% of the website. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about Harry Potter and fan fiction in just a little bit as well. So that's just from one website. And you're telling me there's many out there. Yeah, there's a lot of different websites. And some are dedicated entirely to fan fiction. There's actually a website that's called fanfiction.net. And some are just regular blogs where you can post your fanfic on them. Okay, interesting. Now there's a reason that we're talking about all of this fanfiction being on websites rather than being published. Because the majority, the vast majority, is never published. Due mainly to two issues. Quality, which is the case in a lot of fiction, and copyright issues with the original creator. George Lucas, Disney, Marvel, all the big film industry entities are fiercely protective of their copyrighted characters. But we're not talking about movies so much here, even though it had to come into the conversation when talking about fan fiction. We're talking about literature. So what do authors think about this? Well, the original authors of works that are used in fan fiction are surprisingly split on their support with some encouraging it and some opposing it to the point of legal action. We talked earlier about J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter series, and she has at various times fallen on both sides of the issue regarding fan fiction. Sometimes she's filed suit against creators, and sometimes she's been very supportive of it. As is often the case, you never know on any given day what J.K. Rowling is gonna choose to care about. Some authors have even had a change of heart over time, most notably Ender's Game author Orson Scott Card. Card once called writing fiction using his characters the moral equivalent of moving into his house without invitation. But now he says, and this is a quote, every piece of fan fiction is an ad for my book. What kind of idiot would I be to want that to disappear? He's even since helped judge fan fiction contests. Now maybe at this point you're wondering, why do I even care about this, Paul? I don't read fan fiction on websites. I get that. I don't either. But there are many times, including many times that we don't even realize it, that fan fiction is published professionally and can become very successful. At that point, it definitely moves into the literary conversation. Let me give you just a few examples, many of which you have probably read and at the very least have heard about. The most famous one right now is probably the Twilight Fifty Shades of Grey crossover. Twilight was written as fan fiction for Fifty Shades of Grey. In my opinion, and you may not share my opinion, we all have different tastes, but in my opinion, it shows that if the source material isn't very good, then the fan fiction that is ultimately published isn't going to be very good. So you need to be careful what you choose to be a fan of. Another category that falls almost under the parody heading is the mashup. And you've probably heard of these, especially the ones that were made out of Jane Austen novels. And that's the essentially fan fiction that was created from Pride and Prejudice, which was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and Sense and Sensibility, which became Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. 
but it can fall into truly literary categories as well. One thing that could be considered fan fiction, I suppose, definitely it was an homage, was Michael Cunningham's novel, The Hours, which won the Pulitzer Prize and borrowed heavily from Virginia Woolf's Mrs. Dalloway. Nearly every one of Shakespeare's plays has been adapted in some form, and not just updated versions of it for film and things like that, but complete rewritings setting them in modern times. Every year we get a new novel featuring Sherlock Holmes, including one that popped up in my Facebook feed just this morning. It features a time-traveling Holmes, which could be interesting, could be terrible. Even one of my favorite books slash series of all time, the Thursday Next series, is fan fiction of a sort. Jane Eyre heavily influenced The Air Affair, obviously by the title, and uses a lot of the settings and characters from Bronte's original novel. So where is the line between imitation and originality? Is fan fiction merely plagiarism on a grand scale, with so-called writers who can't come up with original ideas of their own? Or is it simply the normal outcome, given that there really are no truly original ideas, themes, whatever, only different ways of telling the same story? For me, even as a basically unknown author, I don't like the idea of other people messing with my characters or stories. Publicity be damned. At the same time, I enjoy books like The Air Affair that are well-written, present a familiar setting in a new way, and honor the spirit of the original classic. Plus, Jasper Ford was smart enough to use a dead author not covered by copyright. But does fan fiction, especially the unpublished kind, even belong in the literary conversation? When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that. So does fan fiction belong in the literary conversation? Well, Sophie, you read fan fiction. I don't. What do you think? Why do you like it? And is it, well, bookish? I really enjoy fanfic because I think it's a really neat concept that we can enjoy all the characters and all the universes of our favorite books in different situations. I really enjoy the fact that I can still enjoy my favorite universe with new characters, or my favorite characters in a different universe, even if it's modernized. So you think it belongs in the literary conversation? I think it does. I think just because it might not be original, it's still honoring the original work, and it is still literature. You're still writing it in your style, in your way. Well, that's a good point. Now clearly, fan fiction means you're already a fan of the original work, but have you or do you have friends that were led to the original work by first reading fan fiction? Yes. I had read a lot of fan fiction on a comic series, and all the characters were just so interesting to me, even though it wasn't the original work, that I just had to see where they came from. Interesting. 
And in a future episode, we're going to talk about where comic books fall in the literary conversation as well. Well, for me, one thing, as Sophie mentioned, that is clear about fan fiction is that it has people, and mainly young people, both writing and reading, which is always a good thing. Maybe one of these fanfic writers will become the next Hemingway. Ha! I got a Hemingway reference in. You thought I wasn't going to. Foolish, foolish. Of course I'm going to get a Hemingway reference in. Anyway, I'm not saying you should run out and start looking up fanfiction websites, but maybe it's worth checking out. Now be warned, some of them can be pretty graphic. We didn't get into that aspect here, but it is a fact, as is a fact on anything regarding the internet. So what do you think about fanfiction? Does it belong in the literary conversation? Leave us a voicemail message, and maybe we'll feature your comments in a future episode. Have a great day, and keep on reading. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Bookish. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to keep episodes like this coming, I'd also like you to consider supporting us by clicking the support this podcast link on the anchor site for as little as 99 cents a month. You can keep episodes like this coming and also help us get to the point where we're completely ad free. Thanks again.